0: So there's a strong mental process modality called doing and having. So actions like Lord Buddha said, the events happen, deeds are done, and yet there's no individual doer thereof. But what happens is, is when the mental process notes a deed being done, an event happening, it says it has something to do with you. You were the doer of it. You were the haver of the event. You were the doer of it, yes? And so let's say you have old ideas in you, let's say, about spirituality, and the mind has a lot of meaning, it's been giving to the idea of spirituality, like it's very noble and very, very supremely cool to be a spiritual person, then all the doing and having in that sort of field of spirituality will have a lot of meaning, and it's a a real form of bonding to the idea of being the one who is spiritual, yeah? The one who is practicing this. And then you get to a point where you look down on other activities, but you, you hold the meditation hour sacred. It's all selfing. The mind has claimed it and it's making up a big story about how important you are for turning away from the world and going towards this, this indiv- you know, undifferentiated light. It's all a story of mind. Yeah. The real freedom is from that, not from finding a goal that you have made a mythical uh, arrival point, but to recognize there is no arrival point. You are right where you wanted to be by doing all of that. You are that which you're seeking, in a sense. Yeah? But not as this. That's the dilemma. So it's not like you can't see. It's that the seeing has been co-opted by a mental process saying, I'm Paul's looking. So it's, a form, it's seeing, but it's been interpreted as Paul's looking. And so you can't recognize the seeing as Paul's looking. Even if you're looking right from it, which you are, you won't recognize that's what you're looking for because you think they're different. Because this looking is Paul's looking, and the seeing they're talking about is when Paul goes through all of these things and gets purified and gets really clear, then Paul will be seeing. No, Paul will immediately make the seeing look. Now it will be a spiritual way of looking. But it's fact, all of it is a seeing. But it's the identification with the idea of being the seer that causes it to be a way of looking. Which actually blinds me to seeing. Because obviously you're blind to seeing. Because seeing is constantly all the time available expressing itself. I'm hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, smelling all freaking day. I'm not doing any of it. Consciousness is having contact here through this little lens or apparatus. This Actually, it's a whole combination of lenses. It's having contact here with, its, with itself as other, in a way. It can't know itself because all it is is that, so it can get close to knowing itself. Maybe it has an interest in knowing itself, so it, what it does is it projects itself as other, and now it knows it. By what? Not just shaking the hand, but seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and even thinking and reflecting and contemplating it. It has six ways of meeting itself. Six ways. That's incredible, isn't it? We usually meet everything with one way, mental. We think about it. Everything, the seeing... The hearing, the feeling, the tasting, the touching is dominated, overridden by a mental interpretation that I'm seeing, I'm hearing, I'm feeling, I'm tasting, I'm touching. And now conscious contact is forgotten and you're in a mental realm as you're the doer and the haver. That life is happening to me. You don't feel life is happening anymore. You see as life's happening to me. It's a huge story. Yeah. So we go up, we go up the ass of self And in that ass of self, self appears supreme in the mental realm. Because all you think about is the past and future, and how do you think about the past and future as a you? And what you're worrying about in the future is a you. How can you worry about the spirit in the future? It has no form that's going to get ill. Yeah? It has no no surface that can be cut. It can't be shot. It's not terminating. So there's no fear of death. There's nothing going on. That's the freedom. But when we're identified as the idea of being a self, there's tons of stuff that can happen to me. Like we always say, we live in a realm of what's not happening, and in what's not happening, anything can happen. It's like giving John Coltrane a riff for a jazz song. Hey John, riff on separation. You ever hear the Love Supreme, a two-sided album of Love Supreme, the same thing? I, me, my, I, me, my, I, me, my, I, me, my. It's unbelievable. It can go on and on and on and on, doesn't it? I saw it once when I was a kid. I was going to school, 10 years, 11 years old, and I was walking through the hall at school, and a girl said hello to me, and I went home and wondered what she meant by it for five hours my head represented that one little event who may have been one event out of thousands of events in me my life and then billions of events in just that school that day yeah just one one second two ships passing but my head went home and represented it 5 hours of it that's what it's doing it's representing you them, the world, your feelings the thoughts, what I have, what I don't have what I want, what I lost and it just represents constantly and you're sitting there like stuck in a porno film you're in a porno theater and really, Debbie is doing Dallas and Dallas is doing Paul and you're just sitting there getting it up the ass every other way just sitting there and, you're, and then exquisite suffering gets produced, and it's not even happening. Why are you so flipped out today? Not basically about today. You're not flipped out right now by about what's happening now. You're not. You're flipped about out about what you think is going to happen or what happened earlier. How can you be flipped out, really, about what's happening earlier unless your mind is representing it now to you? Unless it's holding on to that idea that that thing happened to me. Are you holding on to something that happened to someone else a few hours ago? Probably not. You're holding only on to the stuff that you believe happened to you or had some kind of influence or direct uh, effect on you. It's called self-centeredness. Self-centeredness. Everything is seen as how it pertains to you. You can't change the tripod and the camera angle. Of the mind. Why would you want to? Only for an advantage, as what it's appearing to be, which is a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. The point is, is to entertain. I'm not that. That's the freedom from it. Have you gone in there and tried to get freedom in there? Have you? If you've spent years of therapy, maybe you get you be able to go to a picnic without flipping out. Maybe I don't know. You'll have some 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 kinds of effects. But maybe you get to the point, you've been thoroughly over, ad nauseum every little thing that your mind has interpreted of what had happened to you in your past. When you get done with that, you'll go to the family of origin from Mars. You'll think of my past lives. On and on and on and on and on. Yeah. You, don't, you don't sense that the mind can, let, can cause you to feel like you're historical? That's like a minor little trick in its bag. It can, every time you think of something in the past, it feels like you were there. Well, doesn't it? That's what gives it the sense of so much authority. Oh, I really feel what I used to feel. No, you don't. You never even felt that. It's just a re-feeling. Some contrived interpretation of a feeling that once passed through you, that you have now stuck a flagpole in, and you you... Saluted every freaking day, called resentment, refeeling, rethinking, rehashing. That's what the mind does, doesn't it? Do you ever read the word resentment in in AA? It means to re-feel. That's its root. So anger comes up, but what the anger really is is a reaction to refeeling something that the mind believes happened to it a long time ago. Yeah. How? It's like we were talking yesterday. Here we are, we're at a meeting of waves, literally. Saturday, when it was. We're sitting here, everyone thinks it's a wave. And if you really are invested in being a wave, the first thing your mind has to do constantly is deny the ocean. Yes. It has to deny what it really is. For it to take on its appearance to be real. Yes. It has to deny its true nature, which is water, and in that denial, it can get totally absorbed in the appearance called a wave. And so if I'm identified as a wave, I'm going to see you as a wave. Yeah? And I'm going to see this as a wave, and this as a wave. And yet I'm totally wet. I'm as more I'm as ocean as I'll ever be, but I'm appearing in my head as a wave. Yeah? And the wave may even want to get together with other waves to try to... Have an experience of the ocean. Yeah? Like, I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to know the ocean. But you don't realize underneath that statement is as a wave. Yeah? So so to know an ocean as a wave, the best you can have is an experience. (laughs) A spiritual experience which comes and goes. But the point is, if you look and see and maybe just entertain, I'm not a wave, what happens? There's an immediate, no time elapses of the ocean-ness that you have always been. There has not been one moment in all of your believing you were a wave that you were never not the ocean. Not one second. Not one nanosecond. You were just an ocean appearing as a wave. When that appearance, which it is, this is body is an appearance. It's gonna, it came and it's going to go... When that body leaves, where is it going to go? When the wave breaks on the shore and gets sucked back, it's the ocean. While it was moving towards the shore, it was the ocean. Every moment that it was performing its wave-like appearance, it was the ocean. That's the open secret. That's the gateless gate. Yeah? There's an appearance here. So, when a wave obviously is interested in other waves, yeah. And it's interested in having real problems, because everything, if it can make another wave real, it makes itself as a wave real. But it's all an act of denial of the wave. Or it's just like the space. We do this, the same thing. Here's the space, and here's a chair. 50 years this chair's been there. Or maybe that, that even looks more. That's even better. 50 years of a lot of important asses sitting on this chair, a lot of things have happened. People have been married in this room. People have been pronounced dead. They've been absolved of all their sins. Whatever may have happened, yes? And well, no, well, all right, it's easier to use this one. So here's the chair. It has a lot of historical significance in the world of this place. Now, what happens if I pick it up and move? Do I have to get some space that the chair was taking up and put it in place? Do you see any effects of that chair only on the other appearances? Like the rug, you can see it. And maybe if it would hit a piece of furniture, you'd see the mark. But in fact, there's actually no historical account of that chair ever being there, yeah? Now, we did this in a very swift second. All this is a degrees. Now we have 90 years of life. But the same, 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 same is going to happen. This is going to depart, and it will be like it never was here. Because in fact, the space that never was here, it was an appearance. Now the appearance cannot entertain that it's space or it wouldn't be so rooted in the belief that it was the appearance. It wouldn't be so juicy and dramatic to be a chair. But the space can entertain itself as an appearance but never loses the sense of space. But the appearance, for the appearance to think it's the appearance, it cannot entertain that it's space. Yeah? Because that would... Uproot the the, the bottom line of its importance, which is, I am a chair. Yeah? This is the message. In every way we put it, it's that message. There's nothing wrong or right appearing as an appearance, but if you appear as an appearance and take yourself to be that, you may, like in recovery they say, Rule 62, you may be taking self too seriously please, don't take self too seriously. How aren't you going to take a chair's life serious if you're identified as a chair? That's all you're going to care about. Maybe you'll have a little ideas of couches and other things, but basically you're going to be absorbed in chairdom. Yeah? But let's say I entertain I'm not this. At that moment, if it rings true, ghost breaks through your little whatever, you are that. In entertaining what you're not, that's the activity of what you are. It's seeing. Seeing. Not seeing from, which is a way of looking. Seeing. That's it. That's the message. You really have offered nothing. Yeah? Because you've been... Aren't you tired of something? How many somethings did you get today? Tons of somethings, constantly. Always with the hopes of producing the effect of Nothing. But they can't produce the effect of nothing because there's something. They produce the effect of something, which causes more seeking for something other and something more and something better. But nothing stalls the selfing. Yeah, it stalls it. It throws a wrench in it. Works because it's only a verb. There's no noun. You are not. You are not this. Even in this life, it's been proven. When you were a baby, there was no concept of being separate for until like maybe eighteen months. Even in this appearance, there's been a huge amount of time when you were, under, you were not underneath that, the, that trance of thinking you were the appearance. Yeah? <laughs> and yet, don't you ever wonder why you have no memories back then or anything like that? Because there was no memories. There was no need for a memory. A memory is, is, is one of the functions of selfing. For you to be what you think you are now, you have to remember yourself to be that late before. You can't... Your mind is constantly convincing you to stay asleep, basically. Why do you think you have 70,000 thoughts a day? Or I don't know how much they're finding now. Do you think... Does your job entail 70,000 thoughts? I mean, I can navigate a day with not that many thoughts. What are all the other thoughts doing? They're reinforcing the identification as self. Self. I, me, mean, my, narrative, 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 isn't it? Story upon story upon story, with somehow you as the main cog. This is just recognizing, it simple. You can see. See, but that's one of the dilemmas I ran into. I was very suppo- seemingly sincere after I got into recovery. My ass had been royally kicked. And I had had some spiritual introduction when I was younger. I was with a guru for years and stuff like that. And and stuff. And stuff. so I returned there with the hopes, after I had thrown all that stuff, after a few years of getting my head cleared up, I returned to that sort of life. And then I did it for a long time. And then I realized something there was something that was overriding everything I did and had, and that was the idea of who was doing it and having it. There was always an idea that this, the appearance, was doing all this work to have an experience of being in the ocean. But if I'm doing and having, and there's a claiming of all that doing and having, that's what reinforces the idea of being the wave. So when I stopped, it's like the wave lost its form, and there was ocean Of course your mind wants to reinitiate the form. Yes, form, form. But after a while you start having immunity to the thoughts. Why? Because you don't take them to be yours. The whole system here of of bondage is claiming. Your head sees a thought, now it says it's my thought, or it's about me. That's an act of claiming. Body, my body. You hear the thought, it has the sound of your vocal cords, you think it's your voice because you are identified with this body as you. Yeah? They're just the sound of the vocal cords of his body, but they're like a siren song to you, because it sounds like you talking to you, eh? It's all identification and claiming. That's how the obsession of rooting occurs. So when you recognize, we had a sample of it, and we cover, you, come into meetings, and after a while, if you're not two levels below a coconut, after, like, maybe one meeting, but maybe, let's say, 20 or 30 and you hear people sharing their thoughts, their feelings, and their reactions to life, and that's what we do here a lot of the time, not here, but in a meeting, then you have to come to the two conclusions. How did these people get all my thoughts and my feelings and my reactions? How did they get them? Or they're not mine. Yeah? So if they're not mine, what are they? I would say they're from a mental process addicted, uh, infected with alcoholism, almost like a parasite, yeah? So that parasite is infected, the mental process, da 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 So when we share what it's like to be me, a lot of other me's identify. Because what we've been identifying with isn't even close to me. It's an alcoholic presentation by the mental process. And you've been claiming it you the whole freaking time. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. tell me what else what else could it be If hundreds of people I go to India I go to other countries and I go to a lot of A meetings I have and I've heard a lot of people share their thoughts their feelings their reactions why do you identify with them when let's say a quote unquote normal person would come in a meeting and if they heard some of the things we'd say they'd be flipped out how could you say that in front of people but we're all laughing why is it because I identify with who you are or what's taking you over I would say identify with what's taking you over. Why? Because the same thing took me over. That's it. So if something took you over and the same thing took me over, it cannot possibly be me and you at the same time. It must present itself to be you and me and we become identified with it, which allows it to have full reign in our life. Because every time it expresses its qualities through us, we claim them to be ours. Yeah? And they say it very well in the recovery book. It says, being convinced that self, yeah, manifested in various ways, is what has defeated us. It's a very big point, and right, before the, right before the inventory process. Being convinced, which means to believe with certainty, that self, manifested in various ways, is what has defeated us, we will now look at its, meaning self's, common manifestations. What's the next paragraph? It starts with the word resentment. So the inventory process that many of us have been taught is about looking at self expressions in our life. But most of us have never held it that way. We keep calling self expressions ours. That's the act of identification. That's the verb of your bondage. How can you entertain being free of something that you're identified as? When it gets really bad, the best you'll do is shoot yourself in the head. Because you'll have to go with it, because you're identified as it. People do it. They don't drink again, but they kill themselves. The thing's still drive them fucking crazy, but they will not drink or use. So they think they can't entertain, I'm not that, so they have to take it with you. Two people in my, my community just suicide the last few weeks over in Marin. So if I see that statement, itself, which is what I'm talking, it's a verb of mind, a verb. There's no noun. The body is an object. You are not the object. The eye is not seeing. I could have a perfect eye in a dead body and take it out and put it in a live body, it would see. But in that dead body, it's not seeing. It's not the eye. It's consciousness. Or if you want to call it spirit, is what's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching through this apparatus. Yet, the mental process has presented this apparatus as who's seeing, feeling, tasting, touching, and smelling. Yeah? And then, the living quality of being awake becomes totally unimportant and you go into the mental porno theater and life is represented to you all the time. Yeah. Maybe it's represented from a basic theme like you're no good. So, hundreds of your days have been represented to you By the mind, based on the premise, you're no good. Or, you're not lovable. So, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of days and hours of being in that porno theater, and you've watched that movie play over and over and over again how you're not lovable. Or, you're never going to get something. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of representations, over and over again, years after year after year, verifying a lie. truly false evidence appearing real. It doesn't say false evidence becoming real. It's false evidence appearing real. Yeah. So the mind is presenting false evidence and it appears real to you. It sells you a you. The a drops off, now it's you. That's what it does. It's selling you a you every day in the head. If you buy it, if your attention and interest goes into it and you fall for it, the A drops off and now you locks in and Jesus, you're in for a ride. Your life is going to be represented to you so many thousands of times in your head. Maybe you'll lose sleep and you won't be able to go to bed. You'll be just laying there awake, watching the mind represent how if I would have done something different, everything would have worked out today. Yeah, have you had that one? Or you go into the if only. If only is a really nice labyrinth of hell. If only I wouldn't have got hit by the car. But you did. You've, you you skip that, you know. You skip all the facts of your life. If only I wouldn't have got hit by a car. And you go on and on about it. Well, I should have is another great one. I should have. I should have done that. But you did. <laughs> but I shouldn't have. <laughs> what if? if I was a woman, I would have two kids by now, but you're not a woman. Oh, well, let me just go in there, but what if I was? <laughs> Unbelievable, isn't it? Only when you don't have rooted in conscious contact will you take there as here. Only if you're not rooted in conscious contact will you take what's not happening as what's happening. It's the only way. The most beautiful solution to what's not happening, let's say next Friday I'm destitute. Yeah, so that's what's not happening. My mind is dwelling on that possibility now. Now, it would seem to be very innocent, but what happens is when it's dwelling on what's not happening now, it creates, it makes up an effect from what's not happening and it experiences it, like anxiety. Yeah? Anxiety is not fear. Fear is a valid emotion. Anxiety is a mental product. You think about something that's not happening and it produces anxiety in your body as if it is happening. So in a sense, living under this rain, you're coiled up and contracted almost all the time. Even when it's really good, there's a thought that it won't be in the head, yeah? So you can't ever even open up to anything because there's always a fear that it's going to be lost or you're not going to get what you want in the mental realm. You can never truly let go because there's a past and a future where something bad happened when you let go in the past And in the future, oh, it's going to be terrible if I let go now. (laughs) There's no escape out of that place. That's why it says self can't get out of self. There's no way. How could a product of a mental process leave it? There's no freaking way. Are you your thoughts, really? Are you the thinker of them? Then stop thinking. Let's try it. Do you believe you're the thinker of the thoughts? All right, stop right now. If you think you're the body, don't take a shit when you need to. Yeah? Stop pumping your blood. See how it goes. Did you digest that burrito, last week's burrito? I think you forgot. Something important came up. still in there. Are you going to go back tonight? I can get back on that. I'm really way behind on all the digestion I need to do. This whole thing is basically involuntary, and yet your arrogance is mind-boggling. It's not yours ours I hate to say yours I'm not talking about you I'm talking about an aspect of mine. It's not personal. I don't like to say me and you because right. I'm not I don't sense that I don't want that anymore I have no desire for it. So here it is yeah you can't you're not basically doing anything except Yapping as if you're the doer and the haver aren't you? You cast a storyline that you're the doer of this life. And what do you mostly produce out of that? I would say guilt and shame. If you look at guilt and shame, it needs a branch to rest on, and it rests on personal doership. That's all. And yet even in recovery, where it says you were powerless over alcohol, yet we still, we still feel like we were responsible for that, all that behavior. We were accountable, but we weren't responsible. Because it's sort of like dancing with a gorilla. You don't stop till it wants to stop. If you're truly powerless over something, that thing's running you. Yeah? So you're doing what it wants you to do. Then why do you have guilt and shame about it? Now that you've told the truth and done the first step and the fourth step. Where's the freedom? Because there's still an underlying sense of being the doer. Big time. So if self tries to get out of self, that's just another form of being in self here. That's what it is. Yeah. You are still identified with a you trying to get out of the you you think is different. <laughs> There's no authentic. You are never going to appear in this life. It's never going to be. Oh, I gone through all the charlatans of Paul, and now the authentic Paul has arisen. No, I haven't seen it myself. It's presented itself as the authentic one about eight or nine times. But then very shortly thereafter, the circle gets larger and and it's once again seen as the content, not the context. So what I found was the best way is just to be pointed out to what I'm not and then to tame it. See, all right, let's check it out. The first helpful thing was when I realized most thoughts were alcoholic thoughts. And I said, why do I need to... And as soon as I held them as something other than mine, I had some relief from them. So I figured, hey, geez, that's a principle. If I would give up ownership of stuff, I tend to lose interest in it, but gain a lot of peace. Yeah. And that's what happened. If it's not about you, you're going to lose interest in it. Seriously. Really. Has you noticed that? Yeah. It's like I always use this example. There's this woman in the other room I really like to meet. Let's say biblically. Let's say. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't really want to ask her. I want to have my bets sort of hedged. I want to see her what she's talking about. Maybe she's saying something about me. Very, very keenly interested in it. Because it means a lot. I'm probably going to marry her and have my first kid and stuff like that. <laughs> I haven't even said hello to her yet, but that's the mind, you know, representing. So there I am. and I'm, spo- I'm actually here doing something else, seemingly. But my attention and interest is in hearing her. And someone comes up and says, Paul, you're supposed to be here. And I say, yeah, you're right, but I can't seem to help myself. Or someone hands me a book, Hey, How to Lose Interest in Conversations in Another Room. I'll get to it later. I'll use this to here. But then, as soon as I hear, uh, finally she starts talking, um, my, my uh, awareness is very acute, and I hear her and she's talking about Matt, and my name is Paul, I immediately lose interest Yeah, in that conversation. I don't have to take a workshop on how to lose interest, do I? You just lose interest like that. Why? Because it's not about you. That's exactly what happens with the thought system. When you entertain it's not you, and the thoughts aren't mine, nor about what I truly am, you lose interest in it. The emphasis of your life, your interest and attention, leave the porno theater, and they start intending to conscious contact. And you're a lot better off. You start traveling lighter here. You come out of that little dark, danky place up there, and then you're out in the open. You're free-ranging it. There's fee, seeing, feeling, tasting, touching, smelling. And after a while, there's a sense of presence. Because now, you're not in the vacuum of the thought world. You're in the sense of spirit. You know? You're in consciousness, having, doing its verb in a way. It's being conscious of. And it sets off a presence. And you're available to it. Because you're out of the porno theater. And then, once you get a flavor of it then you know that's what you've been looking for the whole time. You'll never know it until you have a taste of it. Just like you really don't know the problem unless you know the solution. You don't know the real problem of AA unless you know the solution. Unless the solution has hit you. It's not obsession with self. It's identification with self. So you start sensing that presence. You're awake now. You always have been, but now there's a there's nothing that's interpreting it. Yeah, And... It's the same life, but totally different. Like they said, you'll have new, for the, those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, that's what occurs. Yeah. And then the tree verifies itself by the fruit. If you start traveling light for a long period of time over a lot of different circumstances or situations, you're on to something. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't need to be told if something is true. You'll know it. You still have a gut. You still can sense something. When you finally hit something, like when I heard this invitation, it was like an unspoken yes. It just went bang. Yeah, And I just said, okay. I just started hearing it, hearing it and entertaining it, and then it took me to where it took me, which was nowhere. Mm these meetings at times there's a lot of hostility mental hostility different energetic things going on but what they want to hold on to a lot is the messenger the message is untouchable it wouldn't be nice because most people they always resonate with the message but then they go home and they think about it and then everything hits the fan I've seen it when I go on talks I'd have to leave after two days because they really liked me the first two days And then they start to think about it. (laughs) Then it has to be something about me. That's the way of keeping it from being about you. Yes. That's the way we do it. We project everything off of ourselves onto someone else so that we can avoid maybe something, an invitation. And that's all it is. It's something to entertain. There's no draft or conscription. No one's asking you to leave anything or join a cult, though that may come later. And stuff like that, you know. But the mind is incredible when you sense its energy. I've been doing these for a long time, and I can feel it. And it's uh, it's very it's socialized, but when push comes to shove, it's a vindictive little motherfucker. That movement, it really will. It is. It's amazing. It doesn't mind being spiritual, as long as it can be you being spiritual. It actually likes that. You think it has trouble putting on (laughs) robes? Anything that your life can present as you, it can take advantage of. It's it's very, very, that's the way it is, yeah. But when it comes to its non-importance, that gets it riled up a little bit. When it's irrelevant, when it's like a chair that when you move it, the space hasn't shown one effect of that chair, no matter how long it's been there, If you go back to the place where you committed your most heinous act, the space has no scar. There's no rap sheet in the space about what you think you did that was so terrible. It's all gone. It's like like preemptive forgiveness. There's no forgiveness because, in a sense, nothing ever happened. I mean, talk about freedom, a new freedom and a new happiness a new attitude, a new outlook, comprehending the word serenity and knowing peace. How do you do that as a self? If the self could have done it, it would have done it a long time ago, don't you think? doesn't seem to be able to comprehend serenity or know peace, does it? It doesn't have a new attitude and outlook. It just has a, a regurgitated same attitude and same outlook. It's always based on you doing and having. Everything here from corporate ladders to spiritual processes. It's always the modality is there's a you that needs to get something and so he's gonna do and have something to get it. It works when you're going to the store. It works at certain levels, but not about your own nature. You are that which we're seeking. You are that consciousness expressing itself right now. You're seeing, there's an awareness. That's that, but not as you. It's amazing, isn't it? It can't get rid of it, so it claims it. It can't get rid of awareness, so it says, I'm aware. It can't get rid of clarity, I'm clear. It can't get rid of peace, I'm peace. I'm at peace. Because I did this and this and this, and I didn't do that and that and that. And if you did this and this and this and didn't do that, then you'd probably arrive at peace too. That's not the peace that we're talking about. The peace is, is inherent in the nature of what we are, which is conscious, clear seeing. Was the panda yes yeah, mm. uh. Any questions tonight? No? no?